How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I am joined by Austin Clark this week. Today is August 19th. Uh, it's a Monday, 2019, and you know, we got some good stuff for y'all. College football is about to start up this week. We got college football week zero coming up. Austin, say what's up to the people. What's up, the people of TP3 Sports? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, Austin, I'm just glad to have you on here with us. And, you know, I'm, re- I'm excited. I mean, last week we recorded a great episode and unfortunately <laughs> it didn't work out. But we're back here again this week to record another one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, this Saturday's matchup between uh, University of Miami and uh, the University of Florida. Got a nice SEC-ACC matchup to start off college football. I like the University of Florida Gators to win this Saturday against Miami, even though I think Miami's going to have um, a better year than we all think that they're going that they're going to. I think they're going to go over on that over over under win total. Yeah, I don't know actually how I feel about that one. Um, I'm not very as high on Miami as a lot of other people are. But um, I actually, you know, I think I'll probably like Florida minus the points in that one. We'll hear my pick a little bit later on in the week as to what I'm going to do for that one. But let's get down here to the content we got here, and let's start out with the SEC football this season, what we think is going to happen there. I mean, obviously, Austin, the thing everyone wants to hear us talk about is who's going to win the conference, Georgia or Alabama. I'll let you take us away here. Man, it seems like this has been the story for the past three seasons, Georgia versus Alabama. Um, the fact of the matter is Georgia does have kind of a cupcake schedule. Um, there's not really any difficulty um, in their schedule. I mean, we'll see how Florida is going to be, but I think usually by the time we, Georgia and Florida meets in Jacksonville, it's usually a it's usually pretty clear that Georgia's going to win that game. I think that'll probably be the case this year. Um, really, the only the only test that I think that Georgia's going to have is Notre Dame, and we're going to Georgia will be home. It'll be a night game. Um, I put my money down right now that it's going to be college game day. It's going to be probably one of the craziest games that's happened in Athens probably Absolutely. in the last five five years. So I think that. If the dogs can't manage to win that game, there's no way they're going to win the Natty this year. Um, as far as Alabama goes, Alabama's going to have a little bit of a rough schedule. I think LSU, we, we were talking about this last week, LSU's going to be a team that needs to be reckoned with. Uh, you know, it's always hard playing in Death Valley. That's, that's one thing. But Coach O has turned that team into something that it hasn't been for the past five years. And I'm really excited to see what uh, LSU is going to do. Alabama also has to play Texas A&M. Um, you know that the 12th man in that college town is is uh, Alabama's gone in there and lost with Johnny Manziel. You know, so I think I think that Alabama will probably I think Alabama's more likely to win that LSU game. I mean, to, to lose the LSU game than they are to lose that game against Texas A&M, but. I think those are going to be two two difficult games, and I'm really looking forward to see um, how those two pan out. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see how that game goes, too. I feel like it really tells you a lot of what's going to go on in the SEC. Look, the way I look how everything breaks down this season, the SEC is 
it's you know you got to go through the top teams in the conference. Obviously, the AP poll came out today, and they had Georgia and Alabama both in the top five. I believe it was Alabama one. I mean, Alabama two, Georgia three. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, that's correct. So, yep. you know, it's for Alabama. They catch a lot. They have a lot easier schedule. I mean, a lot of people honestly are upset with the SEC play, trying to play cupcakes and stuff like that, and that's what a lot of people thinks going on. I think you got to use a little bit of a logic here. How long is it going to take Georgia before that they can actually catch up to Alabama? Georgia does not return as many starters as you'd like. I believe they only return ten this season, but. You know, I feel like that Alabama definitely does play some cupcakes on that schedule. Like Duke is their hardest out-of-conference opponent. That's not really acceptable. <laughs> they finally scheduled that home-and-home home against Wisconsin with everyone complaining. But Georgia's got probably the best offensive line in college football, and I really, really, really look for that offensive line to be a big thing to carry them. they got a great stable of backs. I've been hearing a lot of people saying that James, uh, James Cook's the best back in that backfield, and, I mean, that's – Pretty big thing to say with all the guys they got back there. So, you know, I really think the dogs, they can run the ball. They definitely lost a little bit of receiver. They'll be able to replace that. We've seen them shuffle through a defense. You know, I think Georgia's got a good chance, but ultimately it's Alabama on a revenge tour this year, and I just don't see any way to. I can't get this offense going. You got guys like Jerry Judy back there catching passes. This receiving score is absolutely stacked this year for the tide. He returns a lot. You know, I got to go with Alabama to win the SEC, but I think Georgia and, like you said, LSU. I mean, LSU's got 16 starters back, including quarterback Joe Burrow, a lot of that defense, a lot of the main offensive weapons back. LSU's going to be a great team, too. Florida's only going to go as far as Felipe Franks can get them, and I don't think he's going to be able to take them. I think they'll probably drop two games. You know, they got a decently tough schedule in here for Florida. I mean, I got to give Florida credit, man. On top of playing the SEC schedule, they've scheduled Miami and Florida State, two of the better teams in the ACC. You know, they got to play at LSU. That's a revenge game. They play Georgia, obviously, like they do every year at the neutral site. They got Auburn this year at home. So, you know, I just feel like with all the tough teams in the schedule, especially in the ACC, and the SEC, I mean, you're bound to drop one if you're Florida, at least. Absolutely. I think that Florida will drop much more than, than one or two. Um, maybe even three or four. And like you said, Alabama is going to be on that revenge tour this year. You know, um, Nick Saban got spanked by Clemson. He didn't just lose to Clemson. He got spanked by Clemson. And I guarantee you every waking moment that those players are in his facility, that he's reminding them that, that they didn't just lose to Clemson because that's just kind of like the coach that Nick Saban is. Um, Georgia, as you said, uh, yeah, we got a problem with uh, not re- not returning as many starters as we did last year. Um, but one thing that I really like that Georgia did is they went out and they got a bunch of five-star recruits this year. They got a bunch of four-stars. Um, we <coughs> saw guys that. last week like George Pickens, um, a true freshman, make Odell Beckham-like catches. So I'm really excited to see like what the young talent that Georgia has – um, does this year and uh, you know I think it, it think it's going to be kind of like a breaker bust kind of situation I think this is the best team that Kirby Smart has had uh, in his tenure at Georgia but it just all boils down to was what is that potential going to boil down to are they going to they going to seize the moment are they going to are they going to whoop up on teams like Notre Dame and and give give the football committee no choice but to let them in or are they are they going to drop a game and then make it kind of make it kind of a question as to whether they deserve to be there or not so i'm looking forward to it
Yeah, do you think this uh, people claiming the SEC plays weak schedules, do you think that'll weigh in on the uh, committee's mind when they're picking the Final Four teams if we were to have a, you know, a situation where Georgia goes undefeated in the regular season and loses to Alabama? You think they can get two teams in the national championship again? I really do think that the SEC can bring two teams into the playoffs. I think every single season almost, as long as the SEC is the strongest conference uh, in, in college football, that every single year there's a possibility that you could take two teams from that conference because the fact of the matter is is with with Georgia and Alabama if you were to take one of those teams outside of the playoff if you only take one of those teams to the playoff e- either Georgia or Alabama either one of them is going to be favored to win the national championship this year in my opinion I just think uh, other than Clemson I don't think that there's really like that explosive that that kind of like explosive team that you just you see it on on the offensive side of the football you see it on the defensive side of the football where you're like this team has what it takes uh, to win a national championship um i don't know it's gonna be interesting yeah no i agree with you i mean I don't think Alabama, if they were to end up losing the SEC championship and going undefeated all season, I think that would actually hinder the SEC from getting two teams. I think Georgia has a little bit better argument, like you said, because they play Notre Dame and Georgia yeah, Tech. Absolutely. I, I think that if if Georgia loses a game, it's possible that, that you know they can lose to Alabama and still get into the college football playoff. But if Alabama drops, drops one game during the season, whether that be LSU or Texas A&M or whatever, and then they lose to Georgia in the – and the SEC championship, it's going to kind of look, I think it'll kind of depend what, what the other conferences look like and what those records are, but I would say probably not. And it would kind of depend how that loss would look. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, is these cupcake schedules that people might be claiming that the SEC has is is bogus to me because every other conference plays cupcake schedule if you're not in the SEC. Like if you're in the if you're in the Big Ten, you know maybe you ha- you have an argument there. But like the Pac-12, the American, I mean hell, the ACC. Clemson has a cupcake schedule this year. Like um, it's just the fact of the matter is, is that the SEC is the most competitive conference in college football. But yeah, Clemson, though, you do see Clemson go outside, though, and play Texas A&M in South Carolina. They got two SEC teams on the schedule, including they played last year at Texas A&M. It's not like Clemson's just saying, oh, let's schedule southeastern Missouri every game, you know? No, I see they open it up against, they open up against Georgia Tech, and then their second game of the season is against Texas A&M, which actually I don't think that's very cupcake. But then you have Syracuse, Charlotte, North Carolina, Florida State, which I don't think Florida State, like, I'm glad. I think they have to play Florida State because that's an ACC game, but Florida Florida State's not going to be good this year. Then Louisville, not going to be good this year. Boston College, not going to be good this year. Wofford, NC State, Wake Forest, and then South Carolina. Like, I don't know. I think think other than Texas A&M and maybe maybe Georgia Tech like it's a pretty it's a pretty cupcake schedule in my in my opinion for for a team with Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Sweeney and the defense that Clemson has every single year. 
Yeah, you know, they can't really do that much to help that just because they play in the ACC. You know, it has been down years in the past for the ACC. They do get a little lucky here avoiding Virginia and Virginia Tech, two of the teams I think will be better in the ACC this year, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But, you know, overall, I don't really think it'll have much of an effect, like, we, like you said, on the SEC getting two teams in or not. I think what it'll come down to is them picking the best four teams, and I think if there's one-loss teams that they're more likely to turn to a one-loss SEC team than bringing a team like Oklahoma, who has had two chances, you know, in the Final Four. I'd look for them to favor a one-loss Ohio State a little bit more to a one-loss Oklahoma. But we'll get to the Final Four here in a little bit. Last thing I want to talk about about the SEC before we move to the ACC and we'll kind of do the same thing for each conference, is your favorite win total from this conference in the ACC or in the SEC. And I'm going to give mine here as Missouri over 8.5. First game of the season at Wyoming, that's a win. Second game, you get a rebuilding West Virginia program that lost their head coach. They lost wide receiver David Sills. Lost quarterback Will Greer and a lot of other guys, too, on the defensive side. I give that one a W there, so that's 2-0. and Southeastern Missouri, that's 3-0. and South Carolina at home, 4-0. and Troy at home, that's 5-0. and Ole Miss at home, that's 6-0. and At Vandy, at Kentucky, that's 7-8-0. I mean, you could see them undefeated going in to play Georgia Week 3, which they do have a bye week. I think Georgia for sure wins that game. And then at home versus Florida, I think also have Florida for sure winning that one. Then you got ten- Tennessee, which, you know, Tennessee's got a, got 16 guys back. It's time for the most against <laughs> see. It won't be an easy game by any means. And then at Arkansas, you know, let's say they'll drop one of these games. That's still nine wins right there for Missouri. Not to mention Kelly Bryant gets – he I mean, he took a Clemson team to the Final Four. He's played behind Deshaun Watson and lost his starting job to Trevor Lawrence, probably the two best college quarterbacks that we've seen in this era of college football potentially. You know, Trevor Lawrence – Having the ability, a lot of people say, to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Plus, you got Larry Roundtree, the third back, lots of defensive guys back for this team. You know, I've heard Kelly Bryant as well fits the system of what they want to do a little bit more by running the ball at the quarterback rather than having a guy like Drew Locke sling the ball 50 plus times. I love Missouri to go over that total. What, do you, what about you? Um, right now, I'm looking at LSU over under win total at nine. And I really like these round numbers where I don't have to I, I can push you know mm-hmm. um, uh, when it comes to LSU I think that LSU they're sitting at a push and they just need they just need one win they need one you know beating one once one game where they beat Alabama you know I'm not I don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me but I like I like I like LSU's chances um, just because I think they're going to have such a solid, solid group, a solid core. They got good coaching. They were good last year. It's going to be a little bit of a revenge tour this year. Playing in Death Valley is not easy. So you got that. I mean, that's one of the, the, the biggest advantages in college football as far as home field advantage goes in my opinion i just really like lsu's chances to shake things up in the sec yeah their two toughest road games this year at texas which is a game i think they'll definitely win and then at alabama but other than that they're like at mississippi state at vandy um at Ole miss you know at alabama obviously i see one maybe two you know they also have to play florida but that's a revenge game i like lsu to win that one at home like you said Death Valley ain't no easy place to go into to win. Them and Tennessee are tied for the most returning starters at 16 in the SEC. You know, like you said, Coach O, man, I think that I like that, honestly, that you can push at three. They might have one let down there. I think worst case scenario is you see yourself pushing that over. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a nice, safe bet. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's move here now to the ACC. And, you know, I mean, I don't think that there needs to be a ton of conversation about the ACC just because, I mean, like we said earlier, Clemson's head and shoulders above the whole conference. They got Travis Etienne back. They got um, a lot of big receivers back. Obviously, they have Trevor Lawrence, the best quarterback probably in college football, a guy who would have been the number one pick probably in this draft. Um, I love everything about this Clemson team. I really think they have the best team in the ACC. I guess the better question would be is to start off with, do you think Clemson will go undefeated this season? I know we just talked about their schedule. I most certainly think they do. What do you think, Austin? I do not think they I mean, in, in the regular season, it's possible, definitely possible. Um, I would even maybe go as far as say is very likely. But when it comes to that first round of – of the uh, of the playoffs, if they made the playoffs, no way do they make it to to the uh, to the championship this year. In my opinion, um, I don't think that you'll see a rematch in the playoffs between Georgia and Alabama. And so, whatever team you know comes out victorious there may have to play Clemson. I just don't see Clemson beating either Georgia or Alabama this year. And on top of that, hot take. I think that Trevor Lawrence is overrated. Just don't think that we've seen enough of Trevor Lawrence to give him all this credit that he would be the number one draft pick if if he was eligible to declare for the draft. Like I just think I think that we haven't seen enough. I think we've seen just as much, if not more, of Zion Williamson in his college play than we have of Trevor Lawrence in his college play. Like, we know more information. I know that these are two different sports, but, like, we know more information about Zion and what what kind of player he is than we do about Trevor Lawrence. I completely disagree with you there on that one. And I'm actually, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad, though, that we're disagreeing on this. Look, I mean, Trevor Lawrence plays in a great offense, but this is a guy who can go out and make the plays with his legs. He finds guys all over the field making great throws. You know, he threw for 327 yards against... Notre Dame, which was arguably the best defense in college football until he tore him to pieces. He turned around through for 347 the next game against Alabama. We saw him play his two best games and the two biggest games of his career, you know, which were those two Final Four games. I felt like he got better as the season went on and he got more comfortable in the offense. And, you know, it showed the most in those bowl games and they had all the time to just keep getting him reps, keep getting him reps. You know, a lot of those games in the regular season, the reason why you see him throwing for 175 yards and, like, 200 in the low 200s is just because you know Clemson's beating like a Louisville team 77 to 16 you know it's they're whooping everybody's ass and he doesn't really get a chance to stay in there and just keep throwing the ball around so you know I really like Trevor Lawrence I think that he's athletic and he's one of those next level quarterbacks I honestly think that he's might be the best quarterback I've seen in college and when it comes to translating the pros that I've seen personally with my own eyes you know, you're absolutely right when it comes to those two. In, in Trevor Lawrence's time as a quarterback at Clemson University, in his two biggest moments that he needs to step up to the plate and he needs to, to shine, like he's came through and he's done it. Um, unfortunately, I think that Clemson just, like I, like I kind of like how I was saying earlier, like I just think they play cupcake schedules, you know, like, it's not really that hard to put up 300 yards when you're playing, you know, God, I'm not even looking at it in front of me anymore. But when you're playing NC State and you're playing Duke and you're playing these, you know, 
Charlotte and Wofford. Yeah, but they still schedule like the that. two out of their three out of conference games against SEC opponents. I just don't. I just don't even think that the, that their non conference, their non conference scheduling. You know, maybe may, maybe I'll be wrong. You know, maybe I'll be totally wrong about Trevor Lawrence, and he'll be the the best thing that's ever happened, uh, in the, in the NFL. But I like as far as expectation goes, think that we've seen quarterbacks like Andrew Luck come into the NFL with more expectations than than that than we'll have for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. See, I'll have about the same expectations for Trevor Lawrence, but let's get back, you know, to a little ACC here and discuss the conference in general. You know, after Clemson, I'm going to go with Syracuse as the next best team in the conference. You know, I really think this team, they had a good quarterback play last season. They returned 13 starters. They got a pretty favorable schedule. We saw them almost knock off Clemson for a second year in a row, took them down to the last play. But, you know, I think Syracuse is a team that can really throw the ball, but they can run the ball as well. They're a very well-coached team, as w- team. But the thing that I'm looking for is if they can replace quarterback Eric Dungy. You know, he went to the NFL this year. He led that team by far in passing. But I've heard a lot of good things about Tommy DeVito, and this team really likes him to be able to throw the ball. He threw the ball 87 times last year. So he got a decent bit of experience in this offense. they got a lot of other key guys back here. And so, you know, I think Syracuse that – this team can shock people a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, as far as um, that that side of the ACC, Syracuse is the second best team. Um, you, let's see, you got Boston College, Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, NC State, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. We know ever since Lamar Jackson that Louisville has it hasn't and isn't really going to be anything. NC State, not anything to worry about. Wake Forest, same deal. FSU, I think FSU is going to be kind of the same sob story, but we're all going to be expecting it this year. Boston College, also not expecting anything from them. So, yeah, as far as that side goes, Clemson's biggest threat is Syracuse this year. You know, um, I think that the other side, you, you, you're talking up uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech. I think that Miami could also be, very well be a team that shake things that shakes things up in in the uh, in the ACC. Uh, they got a new coach this year. Feel Andy like think, things have been a little a little hectic there. Everything's kind of settled down. The hurricane has subsided, and uh, and that Miami's could have a pretty good year this year. I really do think that. Yeah, you know, I I just feel like that Manny Diaz. He's more of a defensive minded guy, so he's really really going to need you know that. A coach to come in with a good strong offensive mind. I can't remember their offensive coordinator's name, but he's from UMass, and I don't really know like if that what he wants to do is going to work well enough for them. So I'm not sure how I feel about Miami yet. I think that they definitely will be bowl eligible here, and you know it's kind of funny that Tate Martell didn't even end up being their starting quarterback. I was never yeah. really high on Martell. Yeah, um, but I think Boston College is a decent chance here to be kind of an upset team. They return AJ Dillon, probably the best running back in all the ACC. They got quarterback Anthony Brown back for his junior campaign. But I really like Dino Babers and what he's done so far 
with this Syracuse ball club, and I look for him to keep on doing things like that. But, you know, I think Pat Narduzzi had a great season last year with Pitt, and I look for them to kind of take over the ACC again with running the ball. We've seen NC State lose a lot on offense. I think Mac Brown, you know, he's got a lot of good quarterbacks there at, NC, or at uh, North Carolina that they're still trying to figure things out with. But ultimately, you know, in that the ACC, the way it's split up, you know, the other side in the in – the, um, coastal, you know, I feel like that it's you know Georgia Tech. They're they'll be lucky to win three games this year in the rebuilding <laughs> stage they're in. You know, there's a lot of loss of the skill positions this year for the, for Bronco Mendenhall and this Virginia team. But he's really built a great defensive program. Their quarterback, um, the per, I don't know why I'm drawing and blank on his name, but Perkins, um, he Bryce Perkins, he can only take them so far. So if he stays healthy with his dual threat abilities, I really feel like that he can help this team move the ball up and down the field. I like them to win that side of the coastal, but you know I don't think I think Miami won't be too far behind them. I also think that Virginia Tech won't either. Virginia Tech's got 16 starters back here for Justin Fuente. You know I feel like that it's really kind of his last year here, and he needs to do something big with this team. So I look for him to motivate them well. You know, the ACC, though, honestly, is going to kind of be a little bit of a crapshoot outside of the outside of Clemson, really. You know, Florida State, our offensive line, I just want to see them play. You know, like last year, pretty much pro, pro football focus rated all the offensive lines. We had the worst. We had the highest purse, or like our running backs got touched the most in the backfield of any team in the nation. The offensive line just plays like just bad or below average this team will be better next year with the offensive skill they have I really like Justin Blackman he's put on a lot of weight to Morian Terry Cam Akers Cam Akers might be one of the best players in college football that you know kind of gets overshadowed a little bit because of how bad that O-line is if they can spring him free we can see seven and five six and six for this FSU team which is not bad at all I think seven and five is a little generous but you know, I think the way that it's going to work with this ACC conference is you're going to have some teams that you're that are going to do a lot better than everyone expected. You're going to have some teams that are going to do a lot worse than everyone expected. That's kind of just the crapshoot that the ACC has mm-hmm. always been and will always be. What's your uh, favorite win total out of the ACC? Um, I'm going with that win total probably with Miami, to be honest with you. I don't have the number – number right in front of me but i want to say that it was eight but i can look it up real quick what was yours wow yeah while you look it up real quick i got georgia tech actually under four wins this season i think at clemson's a loss south florida could be a little bit of crapshoot citadel i think they could get two wins right there at temple against the old team i could see them winning there and getting three but after that They've got to play versus UNC at Duke, at Miami versus Pittsburgh, at Virginia versus Virginia Tech versus NC State. That's the next most winnable game on their schedule, in my opinion, is versus NC State, then versus Georgia. And that NC State game, I believe, is also a Thursday night game. But I'm be honest with you, I could easily see Georgia Tech losing to South Florida or Temple. I think this team will be lucky to win two games in the ACC and will be lucky to go two out of three against their out-of-conference opponents. I just don't really see a way the Yellow Jackets get above four. I think worst-case scenario there, you push with that one. You know, this is a team transferring from a triple option or transitioning from a triple option team. So, you know, I think it's going to be a tough run for the Yellow Jackets this this year, but. I think that they'll be in a better position for years to come, but you know, sometimes it's tough for guys like Jeff Collins and in the rebuilding position that he's in. So I'm not very high on Georgia Tech this season. What about yourself? Yeah, I think you're I think you're right about Georgia Tech there, that, that that's a good call taking the under four wins. Um 
I look I I looked up Miami and their win total is eight and a half. And I really don't like taking those half point over over unders because I like that ability to push. And I like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, I think they'll probably lose to Florida. But then Miami plays North Carolina when um, they're playing some no no name community That's college. That's trick, man. Yeah. Um, third, Central Michigan. I think that'll be a win. I think they'll win against Virginia Tech. I think they'll probably lose against Virginia, so they're at, at two losses there. I think they win against Georgia Tech, win against Miami. I mean, I'm sorry, win against Pitt, win against Florida State, win against Louisville, win against Florida International, and win against Duke. So I think it's yeah. I think it's possible that, that if if this Miami team can can split between Virginia Tech and Virginia and then beat Pitt, I think that, that it's possible that that um they, they hit that hit the over there. Yeah, you said it was eight and a half, right? Correct. Yeah, you know, I think that's really favorable how they get four home games in a row. But, you know, I think at, at UNC, as much as I'd want to say that's going to be a tough game for them, they get two weeks to prepare for that one. I think they definitely drop against Florida. Um, I think that Florida State will get them at home personally. I think that is if the, if the offensive line steps. So if the offensive line plays like the way they did last year, don't see it at all. Um, Virginia, I could definitely see them actually winning that game more so. I think that game's on a Friday night, so you know that'll favor them a little bit not having to travel mm. with a yeah. little less rest time. But you know, I think eight and a half's pretty reasonable. See, the problem is I think you're probably going to wind up at eight just the way the schedule plays out, which could yeah. you know, like you said, playing on that half point's going to be real tough. Yeah. All right, you got any uh, closing words for the ACC? Are you ready to move to the Big Ten? Nope. Let's go ahead and move on to Big Ten. All right. Um, so you know this is this conference really you know the Big Ten's pretty stacked up this season. They got a lot of ranked teams today. Lots of teams with good you know like a lot of the better teams got a lot of starters coming back this year. Um, I'll let you start things out. Who do you think's gonna win this conference? Man, I think I think that this is probably one of my favorite conferences to watch in. In college football I don't think that it's the most competitive but it's my favorite to watch because uh, the teams are so so alike each other they know each other so well that any week one team could upset the other um, you know I really like um, I really I really like Michigan's odds to set things up this year I'm not going to say that they're going to win the conference because I don't think that Michigan's going to win the conference. But I've been waiting for Harborough and this Michigan Wolverines team to actually do something. And I feel like in his time there, he has just barely met expectations in, in Ann Arbor. And I think that it's time, and I think that he's had enough time to, you know, develop a a program and a system there at Michigan where they need to they need to to produce results this year and I'm kind of expecting that out of Michigan but as far as winning it I don't think that Ohio State wins the Big Ten this year I think that it's very possible that that Penn State could win I think it's very possible that that uh that Wisconsin you know Wisconsin has a really good running back core this year and they're going to be a uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Georgia played Wisconsin 
couple couple bowl, bowl games ago. I can't remember. I think it was the Outback Bowl or something, something lame like that. And and ever since then, in my recollection, Wisconsin has always had a very very good running game. So I I I think Wisconsin has has a chance in the Big Ten West to come out of there. But I, I think that maybe maybe Penn State come out of the East. Yeah, nah, you know Penn State. They've seen a lot of guys go to the pros. I've even heard their coach um, say that he's not James Franklin. Say he's not that confident. Actually, their starting quarterback. He really wasn't a big fan of him. But they had one of the guys transfer. So I just can't even. You know, I'm just not very confident in them. I've got Ohio State honestly winning all this. Ohio State defense had their worst season that they've had in actually team history and giving up yards. They gave up a lot of big plays. They gave up the most yards they've ever given up. You know, the schedule is relatively easy except for at Nebraska and at Michigan at the last game of the season. But leading up to that game against Nebraska, they play FAU, Cincinnati, at Indiana, and versus Miami of Ohio. I mean, those are all pretty easy wins. Michigan State, they get them at home. They get Wisconsin at home and Penn State. Personally, I think Penn State's going to have a little bit of a down year this year. You know, they they really only see um, – they've got – you know, they do have 12 starters back. That's not terrible, but they have to replace Trace McSorley, which could be definitely be a tough task for them, yeah, as well absolutely. as play, replace Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. You're both, you know, starting running backs in the NFL. But I like Ohio State, and I like them to get Justin Fields well acquainted with this offense and really turn him loose on teams. You know, it could just be that I'm an I'm an Ohio State Buckeye hater, and I I hate Urban Meyer because of this. Hey, and I that. do too. Trust me. But I just I just I've seen Justin. We tried Georgia tried to. I've seen Justin Fields play. Georgia tried to make sure that they gave Justin enough time during his time at Georgia on the field where, you know, he felt like he was a part of that offense and that, that he was part of the future. And clearly that wasn't enough for him. But while he was on the field at Georgia, he wasn't anything that made me drop my jaw. You know, he wasn't he wasn't anything like Trevor Lawrence is to everybody else. You know, and I just feel like you know, Georgia. Even though Georgia doesn't really have a say where where he goes and what he does and whatnot, I just feel like if he was really this generational talent, like a coach like Kirby Smart would see that, and a coach like Kirby Smart would see a generational talent and take some hick like Jake Fromm, who, you know, don't get me wrong, is a great quarterback in my opinion, but if Justin Fields is this generational talent, like you played the best quarterback on the field and I didn't see Kirby Smart do that. I don't think that Kirby Smart thought that he was the best quarterback on the field. And for that reason, I I I am very I'm not I'm not anti Justin Fields. I'm just I just don't think he's as good as everyone is expecting him to be. Yeah, you know, also, though, he's a true freshman coming in there. And, That's you know, true. quite frankly, it's kind of like that guy, you know, who gets drafted in the NBA or even the NFL. You use a high draft pick on him, he's not ready to go. You know, guys aren't necessarily always ready to go week one. They're still getting older, getting more mature, you know. Also, I feel like they never really – gave Justin Fields much of a chance to turn it loose. It was kind of like, hey, go in and run the ball a couple plays and then come back out. You know, I never really liked Justin just go in there and sling the football. So, I mean, my iconic memory for Justin Fields will always be that fake that they ran unsccessfully and ultimately probably lost the SEC championship because that's – I think that was probably Justin Fields' most memorable play that he made. 
in college football, but you know, a team that I'm really high on that could easily pull some big upsets in this conference is Michigan State. They returned 17 starters, which is tied with Illinois for the most in the conference, which is also tied for the second most in the entire nation. And you know, this wow. is the most injured team in college football. They're playing corners at wide receiver at one point in time. They bring back pretty much all their studs from last year. Their quarterback, Lewerke, had a messed up shoulder. I mean, they have the best front seven in college football. You know, they had a quarterback playing with a separated shoulder, so he's only be healthier. His team, if they are healthy, I mean, with this defense, this was the top defense in college football, mind you, with all these injuries. If this team stays wow. healthy and stuff, they'll easily go over that seven and a half win total. That's actually my my max win total. My favorite one is all overall is Michigan State over that one. But I think Michigan State's a serious contender to win the conference and to make the Final Four is a sleeper team. I'm not saying I'm picking them to go there. Just because you know they got to play at Ohio State and stuff like that, but do you know do you know what their um, what the odds are for them to win national championship? Yeah, it was like plus I want to say seventeen hundred. It's pretty high, so you know. Wow. I, yeah, I actually sprinkled on that. That was I said that I thought Georgia and Michigan State had the most value in Ohio State to uh, play on to win the national championship. So, you know, I, I, I kind of like those odds there. Not saying it'll happen, but, you know, it's worth a shot at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, back-to-back weeks, and then at Michigan. You know, those three right there might be kind of tough, but we'll see if they can maybe weather the storm some way somehow. But, you know, other than that, those are the only three losses I even see on their schedule. So, you know, I think they go 9-3 and three and go way over 7.5 or 8, which I think it might have moved to. I did not know that much uh, about Michigan State and all those returning starters. Um, that's unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. It almost seems too good to be true with the Spartans this yeah, year. You know, D'Antonio, he's done a great job coaching this team, and I feel like they're just in a great spot this year. They're slept on a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I say you can't rule them out. You know, this team could definitely pull some upsets. Plus, yeah. they got Arizona State at the house this year rather than on the road, so that plays to yeah. their favor Especially as well. Especially if you win out that that Big Ten conference, like you're, you have a seat at the table. Absolutely, and plus they're in the easier side of the Big Ten as well. You know, Nebraska is probably the best team on the other side from the. Or actually, I mean, they're in the harder side, so they'll be playing a team that comes from the easier side. So outside of Nebraska, yeah. really that. Other side should kind of be a cakewalk. You know, I'm actually not that as high on Wisconsin as you are. Like you said, only 11 starters back. I don't think they get enough out of the quarterback play as well as they only, you know, there's five guys on the offense, six guys on the defense. So they got a lot to replace over on that side and figure out. I think Wisconsin will drop a couple they shouldn't this year. Wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, What's your gonna, uh, favorite win total the for the, way, the conference? The, way, the, the, the win total? Mm-hmm. Um, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, you know, I think the Big Ten football will be fun to watch this year. Though they got a good bit of teams in the top twenty-five. Top twenty-five came out today. I actually thought yeah, was- that the most um, underrated team in all the top twenty-five was probably Utah. I would have had them a little higher. I think that offense and their defense. You know, they're they're really stout with lots of guys back on both sides of the balls, and they might have. They have Zach Moss, you know, running back for them. He might be the best team in the entire – or best player in the entire conference, although a lot of people would argue that it's Justin Herbert, but I'd go with him. So I feel like they're probably the most disrespected today by the rankings. Yeah, that, that win total for Wisconsin was at eight. So that's a pretty good, pretty good round number, number, number there. And as far as the top 25 goes, um, were you saying, you know, a team that shouldn't be there or a team that should be there? 
No, I just felt like Utah should have been a little higher. I'd put them ahead of Washington. Washington, you know, yeah. they've seen a lot of guys go to the NFL yeah, the last I couple of years. Washington I mean, they've re- they haven't reloaded quite as well high. as they had in the past. On top of that, they have the second least starters back in the Pac-12 at nine. Stanford only has nine back either. I was kind of surprised to even see them rank today. I was kind of surprised to see so many teams in the top ten in the SEC. Um you know, and it's not necessarily that I don't think that teams like Florida and LSU and whatnot like deserve to be in the mm-hmm. top ten. It's just that knowing that you have teams like Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, and stuff like that, like you know that that top ten is going to change. Um, you know that there's going to be shuffling around there. But when it comes to teams like Oklahoma and maybe Ohio State, maybe Texas or Notre Dame, like those those three or four teams that are in the top 10 like probably aren't going to lose or be challenged until week seven or eight so like you're not going to really see like any any movement there and that's kind of like one of the things that i've kind of missed during the the playoff era is that i feel like you're always having teams like switch spots Mm -hmm. um you know and there's this competitive edge to to getting to the top of the AP polls, whereas now it's just like, I just want to be in the insurance area of the playoffs. Like, as long as, like, I'm in this top four insurance area, then, like, I've done my job, which, you know, is true. Like, as long as you're in the playoffs, like, you've done everything you need to do to, you know, provide yourself the opportunity to win a national championship. But it kind of just takes away a little bit of a competitive edge, in my opinion, from teams five through 25, you know? Yeah, I actually think Texas will be the first team in the top 10 to get knocked off because week two against LSU, I think you I think we'll start yeah. to see them bump back. I thought Texas was definitely the most overrated team out of everybody. I thought they were, you know, I didn't really see them in the top 10. I was kind of surprised to see Oregon not in the top 10, although I think Utah, like I said earlier, is the best team in the Pac-12. thought Penn State was a little overrated. You know, I think UCF with Wimbush in there at quarterback will lose game or two they shouldn't you know and they're what what do you think ucf is ucf gonna have players coming back this year that are gonna be they're gonna make any noise like is ucf in that american conference are they is that gonna are they gonna be the you know the the undefeated ucf team that we've seen in the past or this this ucf team that goes on these win streaks or do you think that we're kind of see them fall off the map no, I think they lose probably two games max. You know, at the same time, like you said earlier, it is the American Conference. They got 13 starters back, which is the third least in the conference. Actually, you see Houston probably have a little bit of a down year as well, and possibly Navy, you know, some teams that have been better in that conference. But, you know, the biggest thing for UCF is when you look at their out-of-conference schedule, they play number 25 Stanford at home, and then they're at Pitt. You know, if travel in the heat is there still going to be that heat factor in Florida? I could easily see them being able to get Stanford in that spot, especially, you know, like I said, I think Stanford's a little overrated. They don't have a lot of guys returning. But I just feel like as the season goes on, it's a long season, and, and you know every single team in the conference is out to get them every single game. I don't think that they're as good as they've been in the past. You know, they've 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 seen them. They put up a good bit of guys in the NFL, which you can't argue with. You know, Florida is a hotbed for college football talent, as we've seen in the past. But yeah, I'm just not as high on UCF, and I think they have. I definitely think that they'll lose a game or two this season. That then that undefeated streak will end. Well, actually, I guess it ended last year technically against LSU. Yeah, that didn't really count because McKenzie Milton was out, which <laughs> I hated to see. But you know, that's just the way I feel about this conference this season. 
I think that you hit the nail on the head. All right, let's move in, in the last part here of us talking about college football, and that is going to be our final four. Let's go ahead and give what we got here in the final four. Austin, who, who are you taking for your final four, and ultimately what's your national championship game and winner? It's it's kind of hard. It's always hard for me to make these predictions um, at the beginning of the year um, just because you always have teams in the top ten that you think you're going to do really well and they don't do very well. Um, I really like Alabama being number one being in the college football playoffs this year. Um, I think that Clemson will win out in the ACC. You'll have another team there. I think Oklahoma, it's so hard to say what they're going to do this year and if they're going to have – I do believe in Jalen Hurts – I'm going to say that Oklahoma does make it to to the playoffs again. And as far as that fourth team, I think we very well could see a very similar playoff than we did as we did last year, except we have Georgia in in the playoffs. I think that uh, Georgia has its best opportunity this year than it ever has to win the SEC championship. Um, against Nick Saban I think like I said earlier I think that this is the best team that Kirby Smart has ever had and so if there's going to be any year that Georgia beats Alabama in an SEC championship it's going to be this year you know do I really do I know that's going to happen no Um, but I think that it's most likely so yeah, the top four. I think the the top four that we have today in the AP is the top four that we're gonna have at the end of the season with this playoff. Wow. See, so I actually agree with you on everything you just said, except I'm flip flopping Oklahoma for Ohio State. I think Justin Fields can take Ohio State to a one loss season or undefeated. I think Oklahoma will be kind of the same way. You know, they end up really between those two. Who goes undefeated? Also, Georgia, Alabama. That one of those two teams end up dropping two games rather than one because you know both of them at least has to lose once. That'll be interesting to see there as well. So I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to go Alabama, Georgia, and I'm going to go with Ohio State. Actually, for my championship game, I'm going to go with the rematch between Clemson and Alabama, and I'm going to go with Clemson besting them again. I think Trevor Lawrence, the real deal, ETN. A lot of those other guys back this year for Clemson once again. Obviously, they got to replace some guys in the defensive line, but you know, it'll be a long season. Clemson got a little bit more of an ability to figure things out than a lot of other teams. I'm going with the Tigers to win it all. You know, uh, it, it's all going to depend on how how they match up uh, Georgia and Alabama because it's it's so hard to it's so easy for me to say that. This is the best team that Kirby Smart's ever had, and that this is the best chance for them to, to win the SEC championship. Now, if I say that, then what I also have to say is that George, if Georgia's going to win the national championship, that Georgia beats Alabama two times in a row, and that is going to be really hard to do. So exactly. I just, I just really can't see Georgia beating Alabama two times in a row, and for that reason, I don't see Georgia winning the national championship this year. Um, but if 
it, it just kind of depends, Phil. If, like, if Georgia plays Clemson, I think that Georgia can beat Clemson and play Alabama in the national championship and lose. But if if Alabama were to play Clemson in the first round of of that of that playoff, and then you have Georgia play Ohio State, Georgia beats Ohio State, and then they play Clemson, I think that that's a great game. And so uh, I guess it's not impossible for Georgia to win the national championship. It's just all going to depend on how that, that playoff matchup works off. So I'm not going to necessarily – Get, give a pick right now because I just have no idea how, how that's going to look. But I just also let me say that I don't see Georgia beating Alabama two times in a row. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. I mean, part of me says Alabama can only get so lucky so many times in a row against Georgia, but I don't think the dogs are going to get them either this season. So I'm going to agree with you here, and I'm going to, you know, I think Alabama's going to end up getting them and getting to the uh, college football. They're getting to the college football championship game, and I think we'll see Clemson end up winning that one. Once again, so Georgia Predator hope they don't have to match up with Alabama twice in a row. But ultimately, I got to go with Clemson, man. I just think Dabo has built something special here. We'll see. I do not see Clemson winning a national championship this year. We have it on record now. So, oh yeah. We definitely got it on record now, so I'll be holding you to that one there, Austin. When they, when Trevor Lawrence wins Heisman and they win the championship, I'll be laughing right at you. I'll be shaking my head. All right, well, that's about all I got. You know, we've run now for our typical, you know, 40 – we're about 49 minutes now, so I think we've definitely hit the nail on the head on this one. You got any uh, closing words or anything else you want to say? No closing, no closing words. Uh, Georgia, take – Georgia against the spread against against Vandy here in what is it two weeks yeah two, two weeks. weeks right around the corner yeah I think Georgia's gonna have a great year this year I'm looking forward to it definitely gonna be going to some games if uh any of the listeners are in Athens you know go dogs have a beer with me or something like that yeah I think we got a good bit down there in Athens but once again, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Me and Austin definitely be holding it down. He'll be back here again soon. To uh, you know, we'll be going ATS head to head against each other a little bit of these games. So it's gonna be be a fun college football season. Got lots of good stuff. I'll give you all another podcast later on this week where we got picks for the two games this weekend. So y'all keep your eye out for that. And it's been it's been a pleasure, guys. And I hope these college football predictions are right. Yeah, thanks for having me, Thomas. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Buzzerbeater Sports, or you can follow my personal account at Clark Till Dark. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at BuzzerbeaterU. Most of those are handicapping picks, but I also do some sports talk on Twitter and whatnot with with Thomas and. Um, yeah, give me a follow. Give Thomas a follow. We're always tweeting at each other and liking each other's mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, Good stuff. follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with CP3 on Instagram at TP3Bets. So, y'all keep looking out for us with all that good stuff. We're ready for football season, and we'll see y'all.